Welcome to The Brian Buffini Show, where we explore the mindsets, motivation, and methodologies of success. Today, we have a special episode for you. We'll be listening to the one and only Beverly Buffini, speaking from one of our live events, the Buffini & Company Success Tour. Let's listen in. I guess the biggest question that people always ask me is, what's it like being married to Brian Buffini? <laughs> and that's a good question, right? Yeah, we could talk for days, days and days. I'll explain it this way. When we were about to get married, he said to me, Bev, there's one thing I promise you, that you will never experience a dull day in your life. <laughs> and I'll tell you, he's delivered on that promise, big time. No, we're very happy, we're very grateful, we have a lot of joy in our home. We've been married 29 years this August, 29 years. And what I'd like to do is share a few of our stories. And my hope is that as I share our stories, that you would be encouraged to persevere in your story. And that's why I'm here. So we're going to start way back in 2007. And that seems so long ago, doesn't it? Where does the time go? And in 2007, as most of you know, we had a house fire. We were on vacation for about two weeks, and we came home to dry, windy San Diego. And we went to bed that night, and we got a reverse 911 call. And they said, you need to be prepared to leave your home. And I was up probably working on a presentation, because presentations like this take me at least a year to prepare, okay? So I was probably up that night doing that, and we got a second call reverse 911. And our kids were young at this time, so we said we better leave and just go stay some way. Brian got us out of the house. We went over to La Costa and stayed there that night. And we knew we were going to come back, right? Your home's not going to burn down. So within that next couple of days, we did find out that our home was destroyed. And we took nothing with us, nothing. All of our possessions were gone. We went back to the house eventually, and it was just rubble. There was nothing there in the home. It was just all-consuming. Everything was gone. So we had to make a decision because we have six young children, and our priority in our marriage is that we want to impact their lives, and how we respond to life is going to make a huge difference in our children's life. And there were other things, and all of you, you know, we had to be an example for all of you, and we wanted to do that also. So we had to regroup really quickly at that time. And we leaned on our faith that guided us. We leaned on our family and we leaned on our friends. And even a lot of you really helped us during that time. You sent us things. You were there for us. You made phone calls. You wrote tons of notes. Brian, I think, still has journals from that time that you all sent him. So we regrouped. And even in the midst of that dark, dark moment, we really did have some resolve at that time. The only thing that we had left standing were the chimneys. And to mark the moment, what Brian did was he got an American flag and he put a stake in the ground and he says, we're going to keep on and we're going to keep going. And he made a declaration that from this moment on, we're going to work on rebuilding. And so that is exactly what we did. We did rebuild. In classic Buffini fashion, it's bigger and better. And Brian never met a piece of real estate that he did not love. So it was wonderful. And I, I thank him for that. And he made a beautiful home. We got to do our wish lists. 
you know, in that home. And, and it was great, and I enjoyed it. But I share this story with all of you because I know many of you in this room have stories, and it's far deeper than a house burning down and having to rebuild. There are some serious things going on. Some of you right now may be in the midst of a fire, overworked, overwhelmed. Things are going on. So what I want to do today is, in this presentation, is just hopefully give you some hope that you can take with you and carry along the way. So this is what we learned in that moment, left us with a good quote by Albert Schweitzer. And it says, one who gains strength by overcoming obstacles possesses the only strength which can overcome adversity. Okay, we may have to think about that one for a while because I sure did. But because we overcame those obstacles at that time or we worked towards it, it helped us later on in other adversities and things that we're dealing with currently right now. So this takes me to the theme of this presentation, and it's called I Can, I Will, and I Believe, okay? These are three affirmations. This is a model that is the spirit of our family. They're affirmations that ultimately affect your mindset, and they help you to persevere when times are tough. I can, I will, and I believe. So what got us through all those troubles, and what will get you through all those troubles? First of all, let me give you the definition of perseverance, because that's what I think it is. It's perseverance. To continue in a course of action, even in the face of difficulty. Again, to continue in the course of action, even in the face of difficulty. Again, it's not easy. Sticking to it and remaining steadfast in the best of moments is hard, don't you think? Those New Year's resolutions that we've made. But then when we get busy or when things go bad for us, it's really, really, really hard. We often get tired and we get discouraged. So there's highs and then there's lows. So let's explore what happens when we give up because most of us have done that and that may be the future. But what I'm going to do is figure this out. So when we say, I can't, what we're doing is we're actually giving up, okay? So what we need to redo is replace the I can't with an I can so we can persevere in the moment. So what happens when we give up? We develop the quitting muscle. That's our next point. When we give up, we develop the quitting muscle. As an athlete, I've learned a lot about building muscles. When you work out, as many of you know, you stress your muscles and you get stronger. But when we give up, we get weaker and we're building those muscles of giving up. So it's very important that when we run into situations that we make a decision by saying, I can, to persevere and not give up. When you feel like quitting, what you want to do is change your course and change your thinking, okay? Many of you, Brian talked about this today, you're doing the right thing in your business, you are making those phone calls, you're doing those pop buys, you're doing the extra, and you aren't seeing those referrals coming in. And what happens is we get discouraged and we want to give up. But what I'm going to say is don't quit. There's a verse in scripture that I often use and we share with our kids. And it says, let us not become weary in doing good. You're doing a lot of good. You know you're doing good. For at the proper time, we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. So Keep doing what you're doing. And I've been in your shoes. When Brian was early into his real estate career, we actually struggled quite a bit, okay? And I did whatever I could to help him. 
he would have clients, he would have showings, and I would offer to babysit the children of the clients for him. I would help him with his mailings. I would do whatever he needed help with because I knew that we needed to get paid. And I knew that if we continued in this process and I kept encouraging him and helping him, then the results were going to eventually happen. And because of that scripture, do not be weary in doing good. And that good wasn't about Brian doing his calls and notes. It was about me supporting him and encouraging him. And ultimately, of course, we not only paid our mortgage and then some. So continue in the process. And what I'd say with you is continue. Just continue. Don't give up. Secondly, here's another thing that happens when we give up. Our confidence takes a hit. Our confidence takes a hit. I love this quote. Self-confidence is the most attractive quality a person can have. How can anyone see how great you are if you can't see it yourself? Again, self-confidence is the most attractive quality a person can have. How can anyone see how great you are if you can't see it yourself? When you give up, you shatter your self-confidence. When we've seen our kids struggle with that, we've had to lift them up off the floor to try and help them with their confidence because it's so important. Over 23 years ago, I started coming, of course, to the Buffini event, and I've talked with a lot of you. And I can tell it doesn't matter where you are in your business, what achievements you have, there's a lot of confidence issues. And dealing with my value, do I have what it takes? Can I do this? And so over those years, I've seen those struggles. And what I'd have to say to that is remember, how can anyone see how great you are if you can't see it yourself? And that's what I would say. And what you say to that is that you have to say to yourself that I can. Two little words, but they make a significant difference in who you are and in your confidence. Lastly, when we give up, we live with regret. We live with regret. Brian shared last year the story of Ali Hafed. Ali Hafed, he lived in the Middle East. He was a farmer. And one day he had a visitor visit his farm. And this traveler came into town and he brought in diamonds. And he shared them with Ali Hafed. And he shared the beauty of them, the cost of them, the fortune. And Ali Hafed, they say, woke up that morning rich and content after meeting this guy. He went to bed discontent and poor. Okay. And so what happens there is that he saw what this man had and he wanted it. So what he did was he sold his property. And so he sold his property and went out to look for that fortune, didn't find it. And he left and became penniless and he actually died taking his own life. Now the story is so famous because the guy that bought his property actually dug the dirt in the property where he lived and found diamonds. And they are called the Galconda Diamond Mines, all right? And this is the primary source of the finest and largest diamonds in the world. So it was right beneath his feet. And this story tells me that when we want to quit, we just have to push a little bit further because we never know what's right underneath our feet. And that is the story of Ali Hafed, which we use a lot. Thomas Edison has a quote. It says, many of life's failures are people who did not realize how close they were to success when they gave up. I believe Brian talked a while ago on a podcast, being a quitter and a stopper. How many of you listened to that? It's okay to stop. It's natural to stop. But to quit is when it's not okay. 
and not to give up. Stop, but then start again. You want to live a life full of regrets. What you're going to do is you're going to compare yourself to others. You're going to want what other people have. You're going to take the easy way out or you're going to quit. If you want to live a life without regrets, you're going to stay focused. You're going to not give up and you're going to trust. That's what it takes to keep going. When we give up, we develop the quitting muscle. Our confidence takes a hit and we live with regret. These are major consequences. Instead of saying, I can't say I can, just say it to yourself. I can. Just say it to yourself. I can. Now say it with me. I can. Say it again. I can. Good job. You can. Now what we want to do is find out what happens when we persevere. Okay? When we persevere, we build the achievement muscle. Now the achievement muscle is all about mindset, attitude, and it is very contagious. We've intentionally raised our children to have a winning attitude. We've intentionally done that. Now, we love sports, and so they've all done so many sports, and they are very serious-minded. They like to make impacts wherever they go, and they work very hard at it. And what we say is, how can we teach others how to be successful if we aren't on that journey ourselves? So we had our own little classroom right there where we've been able to teach this, and now we take it out to everyone. I've homeschooled all our kids all these years. And so we were in our home. We were involved in athletic programs, but my son's senior year, the other son's junior year, and our girl's freshman year, we decided to get connected with a school so we could have activities and participate in sports. So we joined the team, and it brought about a lot of winning in that program. Our family motto, or at least Brian says it is, is when it comes to academics, we're really good at athletics, okay? <laughs> so, yeah, go team, go kids. Yeah, so we joined this school, all right? Girls freshman year. Inside the gym, there were a couple of banners, some sports, mostly academics. We went that year, their freshman year, and the first year they were there, the girls won the San Diego sectional championships, okay? Which, it was huge for this school. And they also won the basketball championships that year also. Two sports in one year. The following year, they also won the volleyball sectionals. And the following year also, so three years straight. And in that sophomore year, they also won the state championships, which was really, really huge. It was a phenomenal thing. And then the knock-on effect took place in that school, all right? The achievement muscle was happening. So the boys' basketball team, they won league champions. The girls' soccer team in 2017 won league champions. The girls' track and field won the championship. The boys' track and field won the championship. 2017, the baseball team won the championship. The football team won the championship. And again, the girls won the championship that year, okay? 2018, the boys' basketball team won the league championships. The girls' soccer team won the league championship. And the girls' volleyball team won the league championship. Now, I'm not saying four kids changed that whole school, okay? I'm not saying that at all. But I am saying the athletic director says the four kids changed the culture of the school, okay? 
They made a difference in that school. The achievement muscle is powerful. When you achieve, it's contagious and it affects other people. And I'm not talking about people in your office. It can and it will. I'm talking about your family, your spouses, your friends, your relatives. It affects when they see you achieving and believing. And we try to do the same thing at Buffini and Company. We train our staff to achieve. We have a lot of successful people who have gone through Buffini and Company and who are currently at Buffini and Company who are very, very successful. And that success is contagious because we want them to achieve so they can impact all of you. And then you can achieve and it can be contagious also. We actually want your business to become viral. We want you guys to have banners in your brokerages. We want you to have banners in your bank accounts. We want you to have banners in your family of your achievements and the things that you do. Achievement is contagious. There's a Scottish philosopher who says, nothing builds self-esteem and self-confidence like accomplishment. You achieve, you will grow personally. It's a beautiful thing. And those are the things that you have to do. Now, when we persevere, what happens when we persevere also? Number two, we get fitter. We don't only get fitter with our arms. We don't only get fitter with our body. We get fitter all the way around. One of the greatest basketball players that ever lived, Michael Jordan. He was one of the most fittest physically and mentally. But what made him so fit? He was good. He had skills. But look at this quote right here. I've missed more than 9,000 shots in my career. I've lost almost 300 games. 26 times I've been trusted to take the game-winning shots and missed. I failed over and over and over again in my life, and that is why I succeed. Adversity at the center of his success. That's important for us to realize Sometimes we see the adversity and we're like, this is hopeless. Why is it happening to me? Feeling like a failure, losing confidence. His failures fueled his muscles of achievement. And it will do the exact same thing for you. Failure is not the opposite of success. It is part of success. It's part of the journey. The last thing that happens when we persevere is that we become an unstoppable person. Unstoppable. How many of you in this room would like to be unstoppable? Just say it to yourself. I am unstoppable. Doesn't it just sound good? Like I am unstoppable. Now for me personally, I am not naturally a confident person. The truth is I question myself a lot. And when I was raising the kids, I felt very inadequate. And even with Brian, I'm like, oh, you need a better wife. You know, honestly, sometimes I do say that. I was raised in, my dad was in the Air Force. And we grew up in Montgomery, Alabama, at a base called Maxwell Air Force Base. And I was an athlete and I competed and I worked really hard. But I didn't really believe in the value that I represented on my team. And my parents, who were just wonderful parents, my biggest supporters, they said, you know what, we're going to get you to a camp, you know, because you need to be exposed to a little bit more other than your high school. And so I went to a camp the summer after my junior year, and there were coaches there from all over the country, and there happened to be a coach from California, a volleyball camp. And of course, I thought volleyball in California was it, you know, blonde-haired, blue-eyed girls, and 
I just wanted to be a part of that culture. And so this coach came up to me after this camp and she said, Beverly, I really think you have a lot of potential and I think you could be something in the sport and I think you could go far. And that made me think. And I said, wow, maybe that's real. Maybe that's true. And I started believing in myself even more at that point. Someone believed in me enough to come up to me and say, I think you can go far and you're good at this. And I believed her and I started working out really hard. I'd work out like my daughter, Anna, you know, every day. And I worked out really hard, but I wasn't getting any offers from colleges. And so my dad once again said, okay, let's start writing. Let's just make some letters. And he drafted a letter for me and helped me. And I sent it around the country to whatever colleges, a lot in California, Northeast, throughout the Southeast. And finally, I got a response back. And it was from the University of Alabama, a full ride scholarship. And I went to Alabama and it was wonderful. I went there and it was a wonderful experience. It was hard, okay? Just because you achieve your goals doesn't mean it lets up. I mean, I just got in the door, and now I had to prove myself to myself mostly, not the other girls. I mean, I just wanted to overcome and get through the workouts, and it was really hard. There was a lot of blood, sweat, and tears, as many of you probably know, in whatever feat you're trying to accomplish. So I worked out, and after two years, I did pretty well. And that second year after our season, they dropped our program. I was without a team. And you have to know, think of your biggest dreams and someone pulls it from under you. So I'm like, what am I going to do now? And I remembered, okay, someone told me that I'm going to go far in this. And all I need to do is really work hard and continue on this journey. So what do you think I did? I started writing letters to other colleges. And I said, this is what happened. I think I can contribute to your program. I think I can make a difference. And so I wrote more letters. And finally, I got a response back from one college. And that's all that's needed. And that was to the University of Tennessee. And so I went to University of Tennessee and did really well there. The first year we were there, our team won the SEC championships. And I was named MVP that year. I also, thank you, thank you. I was also named as a first-team All-American, and at that time, it was one of 12 girls in the country. So those blonde-haired, blue-eyed girls in California, yes, yes, yes. I was part of that journey, so that was successful. And then they decided to retire my jersey, so my jersey sits inside the doors of Tennessee right now, if you ever go by there. And they finally inducted me into the Hall of Fame at Tennessee, so I was inducted into the Hall of Fame. But I still had one more dream, and that came back in 1976 when I was watching Bruce Jenner, the then Bruce Jenner, um, <laughs> in the 1976 Olympics win the decathlon. And I was so inspired. And in my heart, that's what I wanted. But I didn't believe that it could happen, not until that person said that they believed in me. I was accepted into graduate school at Tennessee, and I said, no, I still have this dream, this dream that I want to achieve. Just think about it. Go to the Olympics, okay? That's huge. And so I went to coach for a little while at West Point, the military academy. And so I coached there for a year while I trained, did a Randy for the USA team tryout after the 84 Olympics. 
And so they had the tryouts coming up, and usually you get invitations, and I didn't get an invitation once again. So what do you think I did? I wrote letters, and I had other people write letters for me, and I kept writing, and they finally said, stop, okay, you can come. So I went to the tryouts. There were 64 girls there. They selected nine at that time, and I made that team. That was in 1985. Our team went to the Olympics in 1988, and it was incredible, an incredible journey, but it took time. It took not getting weary in doing good and doing the right thing. The Olympic creed still rings in my heart right now, and it says the most important thing in the Olympic Games is not to win, but to take part, just as the most important thing in life is not the triumph, but the struggle. The essential thing is not to have conquered, but to have fought well. I fought because I had a dream. So how many of you want to build the achievement muscle? How many of you? How many of you want to be fitter for life, to handle life? How many of you want to become unstoppable? Well, then say these two words after me. Say, I will. I will. I will. Now, when our kids were younger, of course, we said, say it like you mean it. So say it like you mean it. I will. Great. That's very good. Don't say I wish. Say I will. Okay. Now tell me this. Tell me where you find yourself on these steps. I won't do it. I can't do it. I want to do it. How will I do it? I'll try to do it. I can do it. I will do it. Yes, I did it. Where do you find yourself there? You don't need to answer it out loud, but where are you on those steps? Okay, now we're winding down here. Believing, it's good to have the I can, and it's good to have the I will, but it's hard to do it without believing. Believing is all about persevering in the moment. All right. Chip and Dan Heath wrote a wonderful book called The Power of Moments. They talk about the moments of truth, the defining moments, and the moments that matter. How in the world do we persevere? How do we persevere in the moment? The first thing is you've got to know your why. How many of you struggle to write goals? It's hard. It's hard. But once you know your why, once you know your why, you're going to know your purpose and you're going to know why you do the things you do. My why was I wanted to be the best that I could in the sport of volleyball. So that's what helped me to persevere and not give up when other people didn't believe in me or they gave up on me. Some of you might gag at that why thing because it's everyone is saying it, but Brian's been teaching it for so long, for over 30 years. Why is the reason and the purpose? And you guys are so far ahead of so many people. There's only about 3% of people in this country that actually write their goals down. On all of our teams, our coaches had us write our goals down. If you do not write your goals down, then it is a wish. If you want to achieve your goals, you've got to write those goals down. The great Eleanor Roosevelt said, the future belongs to those who believe in the beauty of their dreams. There we are, believing. You've got to know your why. The second how-to is embrace the future. 
We've talked about that. Know your dreams, know your goals, embrace the future. Having a vision for what you want to achieve. David Brooks once said, almost every successful person begins with two beliefs. The future can be better than the present, and I have the power to make it so. The future can be better than the present, and I have the power to make it so. It's not about what's outside you. It's about what's in here. It's about believing. You mustn't forget the past, of course. We must learn from the past and learn from our present, but we must, must embrace our future and those dreams that are ahead of us. The third how-to on persevering in the moment is never give up. You've heard that all day today. My mom used to have a phrase, and I've shared it before, and she says, this too shall pass, Beverly. You know you're sad right now? This is going to pass. This feeling is going to leave you. You know what? You didn't make that team that you thought you should have made. This too shall pass. You know that deal that you thought was a done deal? It fell through. This too shall pass. There's a future and there's a hope. So be patient. Just never give up. Never, never give up on your dreams, yourself, or your future. It doesn't matter the politics. It doesn't matter the interest rates. It doesn't matter anything that people say about you, negative things, your family, your friends, just never give up, okay? Prime Minister Winston Churchill, how many of you have seen The Darkest Hour? Great movie. In 1941, when England was in its darkest hour in World War II, Churchill was invited to speak at an old boarding school, and it happened to be his old school, Harold School, where he almost flunked out, actually. And he gave a speech, his most famous speech that I know of, and he said in that speech, Never give in. Never give in. Never, 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 never in nothing great or small, large or petty, never get in except to convictions of honor and good sense. His speech ended up inspiring not only those guys in that school, but an entire nation to help defeat the enemy. And that's what it can do in your life, too, when you never, ever, ever give up. And finally, how to persevere in the moment is knowing that consistency is your friend. Very simple, but consistency is your friend. The most asked question over the years that I have about raising our kids is, what did we do? What did we try to do? What did we put into them? And I'd say, first and foremost, our faith guided us. I'd say also, Brian and mine's love for one another, we believe, impacted what our children believed and what they did when they see us loving each other. And thirdly, we worked very, very hard to be consistent in how we trained them. A quote that really describes my heart is this one right here. As your parent... I promise you that I will always be in one of three places, in front of you to cheer you on, behind you to have your back, or next to you so that you are not alone. That's a consistent message that we try to carry on to our kids. Consistency is not always easy to live out, though, right? I mean, the most consistent thing in my life sometimes is inconsistency. Anyone agree with that? Yeah. You know, with our kids, the one thing that we tried to do was we tried not to rush into, it looked like this with our kids, we tried not to rush into judgment with them. Is it easy to make judgments? Yes, very easy. 
We tried to be patient with them, whether they were one year old, five, 10, 20. That was our goal because we knew the value and how important that was. Not putting a 45 year old head on a 10 year old child. And that was huge. And what we try to do is, Brian, and what he teaches, and when I come out here to share, we try to bring things that we apply in our family, in our lives. And as you all know, our kids, even when they were very young, this is a lot of what we shared with them. We started this a long time ago. This is how our family lives. In the beginning, I said, this is the spirit of our family. And I think you guys can see some of the fruit of that labor that we have put in. And that verse, again, do not be weary in doing good, for at the right time you will reap a harvest. What I want you to know also is that these principles can apply to your business. Just as we apply these principles to our family, you do them. It doesn't matter with consistency if you're married, if you're divorced, if you're separated, if you're a single parent. It doesn't matter. What matters is what you give out and your consistency in who you are to your children, to your family, to your clients, to anyone. Consistency is very key. And I can tell you, I've been with Brian since day one, day one of this business, because before he was in real estate, he was a painter, okay? And I watched him paint. He used to come visit me at Bow West Corporation, where I used to work in La Jolla. And he would come in there with his painter's outfit. I thought it was wonderful. He really is my white knight in shining armor. <laughs> I really did. And he would bring me roses all the time. And I was like, whoa, this guy is pretty cool. And I loved him. But the one thing that I saw when he started this business, I saw him when he started taking his tests, we're studying for that. And when he got his license. And then when he started doing business, he was consistent. There is no other sure foundation to building your business than being very consistent in your systems that all of you have here. So persevere in the moment to believe, know your why, embrace your future, never give up. And remember, consistency is your friend. And this is what I'm going to say to all of you. You can you will, and believe it. Now, to wrap this up, what I'd like to do is tell you a little story about belief. What happened 28 years ago? Brian came home from a seminar just like this, no different than where you guys are right now, writing goals. And someone taught him how to write goals because he had never really written goals before. And believe me, it's true because I'm talking to his brothers who immigrated over here and we actually just had his cousin immigrated here and they just don't do that over in Ireland. They just don't write goals. I talked to them on the phone and, and I remember talking to Kevin and I'm like, okay, what are your goals, Kevin, before he moved over here? And he's like, um, goals? goals, gold or goals, you know, he didn't know what I was talking about, but Brian did learn. He went to that conference and he shared them with me when he came home that night. And we knew things in our life were not going as we wanted it to, or in our business. We knew that. So we made a decision that night that from now on, things were going to be different. That night we made that decision. We believed that we could, we would, and we believed. From that point on, I attest and tell you that Brian's business changed. It changed because we had a different mindset 
we had a purpose, we had a why, and we continued on. And today there are thousands of people because of that one decision whose lives have been transformed. Because of that one decision we made, achievement is contagious. Would you all agree? Okay. One of my favorite movies is The Greatest Showman. And some people say I'm married to The Greatest Showman. (laughs) I believe it. And our kids love the soundtrack from that. We sing it all the time. Brian doesn't have a top hat. He doesn't have a coattail, but he breaks out into song and dance all the time, all the time. But in this film, there's a turning point and there's probably events in your life. You guys all have the opportunity yourself to have a defining moment that we talked about a moment ago, no matter what your circumstances are. But there's a turning point in this movie where P.T. Barnum, played by Hugh Jackman, realizes he has gotten caught up into the glitz and glamour of life. He made a bunch of mistakes. His business has burned down. He is in financial trouble. He's abandoned all of his friends, and he's on the verge of losing his family. And so what he wants to know is he has forgotten his why. He made a bunch of mistakes. PT makes a decision in one of those moments of truth that from now on, he was going to be the man he was supposed to be, and live the life he was supposed to live. Maybe you can think about the things in your life that you want to change, the things that are truly, truly important to you. What is your why? And maybe just like P.T. Barnum, just like Brian, you'll be saying in your heart from now on. He made his I can, I will, I believe declaration. From now on, I will keep my eyes on the prize, my why. So let me ask you, where do you need to make a change? Where do you need to declare from now on? Maybe you need to fix a broken relationship. Maybe you need to make a phone call tonight or write a note. Maybe you need to ask someone for forgiveness or maybe you need to forgive someone. Maybe you need to ask for help. Maybe. Just maybe you need to get a coach. (laughs) What's your from now on? From now on, when you feel like saying I can't, say I can. From now on, when you feel like giving up, say I will. From now on, when you doubt yourself, say I believe. Let's say it together. I can... I will, I believe. Now say it like you mean it. I can, I will, I believe. Thank you and God bless you all. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks, Beverly. Today's show came from our success tour event, but we have an all new event called Masterclass hitting 10 cities around the US in the coming year. To learn more about this exciting business and personal growth event, visit buffiniandcompany.com slash MC. And to send us on our way today, I'll throw it over to Brian's mum, Therese, to close the show. May the road rise up to meet you, and may the wind always be at your back. May the rain fall soft upon your fields, and the sun shine warm upon your face. And until we meet again, may God hold you in the hollow of his hand. See you next time.